we talking about? Uh, he's going to California, dying in California, and uh, being on the California tour with Phantom Planet. So what uh, happened in California? Okay, so um, I remember the week before, you know, I was just working a lot at the end of the summer, like after our last tour. It just felt like uh, with, with the second job, I was just working like every day. Yeah. And for like three weeks straight, I maybe had like felt like i think like three days off or something it was insane and uh i remember like a couple days before the california tour feeling like oh shit like my mind's not mentally prepared for this like i i usually give myself more time to like wrap my mind around it Mm -hmm. around a tour and like kind of map it out and i feel like i did very slightly like in that moment i got to like sit down with my thoughts and just like look at all the dates and things and really wrap my head around it not just browse it Mm -hmm. and um then the travel days from hell happened and basically what happened was uh we our first flight was supposed to leave uh the night that rob's flight was leaving and rob books his last second with spirit and gets there like perfect right so it's like of course (laughs) and we booked ours like weeks in advance and we booked on an airline and i will not name uh (laughs) but uh it canceled our flight and rebooked us to San Francisco and we're like, honey, we're going to Los Angeles. <laughs> and then uh, they're like, yeah, no, that's so messed up. What? And uh, we got another bite, a flight rebooked and it was like the next day, the following day. So we had band practice. Rob left, ready to go. Lambert's already on his way to the airport. And we find out that our flight's like canceled again and has rebooked us to Seattle. We're like, what is going on? So Abby hit them up and was like we feel so uncomfortable uh flying with your airline please rebook us on a different airline and they're like yeah of course so we uh got on another airline which i will leave unnamed (laughs) um and so we were just moving at that point so we we were supposed to be at like we were taking off at like 8 p.m or something and now they're like well you could get on this flight at one and it was like 10 or something so we're like oh shit we had to be at the airport at like, I think, or the flight was at two. So we had to be there at noon or some shit. And I was like, oh shit, I got to get down to Freehold. If that's the case, like right now. So I left wherever I was. I was like getting bagels in Red Bank and then got home. I was like, mom, can you drive me to Freehold? Um, and we hopped all the way down to Newark. Uh, me, Abby, Mike, and Anna, uh, Mikey's fiance, Mikey McDonald. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, drove us. So. That's really nice. We get there on time. It's like a normal flight situation, like a couple minutes delayed. We get on the plane and the second engine doesn't start. And what? We're just like, what the fuck? And um, uh, they have to tell you. <laughs> it's like a liability. So we're all just, everyone's sitting there just with anxiety now. And the, the there's like engineers coming to the plane. They're trying to keep it cool, whatever. We sit there for over an hour because I watched almost the entirety of Cocaine Bear. I told, I told you some of this. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, Basically, like, to make it long story short, the engine didn't start, so they had a plane. We deplane. We're like, do we try and get our money back? Do we rebook? And we were just like, no, let's just, like, flow with it, see what happens in the next half an hour. They moved us to a different gate. We didn't get on another plane for, like, two, what felt like two hours. I think it was an hour and a half, two hours. And then we get on that flight, and it's, like, now, like, 7.30, maybe even 8. I don't know. We're, we've been at the airport for over seven hours, oh. and we're already on one plane. You know how that feels. Like, mm-hmm. um. On both flights, I'm between two men who took the armrest, like, immediately. <laughs> and I'm in the middle <laughs> because we're trying to get to California affordably. <laughs> yeah, they were trying to do this smart, you know. And uh, um, uh, we finally get back on the next plane, and I'm just, I just start watching movies because I'm like, this is fucked up. And I finished Cocaine Bear. I'm getting ready to start the other one, and the pilot's up at the front with, like, thing or whatever and he's like looking down at the island he's like hey guys this is your pilot or i was your pilot but uh you know uh faa rules or whatever fucking thing is like they're like (laughs) he's like he's like ah they're making us clock out and our our crew's timed out so i'm so sorry i wish we could have took you to la good luck getting there 
Like oh. he said, good luck getting to LA and then walks off the flight and everyone, like I've seen in a movie, just were like, ah! just like, what? <laughs> what? Like no explanation. No one understood what the fuck was happening. Me, Abby and Mike just look at each other just like wide eyed. We're just like mouth drop. We're just like, this is a joke. This is a literal, literal joke. And uh, yeah, fucking uh, the flight attendants get on the mic in like a couple minutes and they're like, guys, we're in this together. <laughs> so, like, we're here with you too. We're not leaving you. Uh, we haven't uh, timed out yet. So it's all good. Uh, there was also like, like they were like, because we move planes, there was like, there's only gonna be like snack boxes on this flight. So it's like, oh. people are like so pissed. People are making calls to get refunds on the flight. Like the dude right next to me was like so pissed. <laughs> and, <laughs> little did everyone know that we were already going through this for like, 24 hours, you know? So I was like, everyone's on our level now. This is crazy. Like, we were past delusional. We were just like, we were laughing. Like, it was ridiculous. And uh, the scariest, that I felt like that was the scariest thing next to the engine because they were like, then it got real because there was a moment where I did feel like claustrophobic and it was getting hot and all mm -hmm. these, and all this stuff and the air wasn't working like properly. It felt, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, the flight attendant goes, um, if you'd like to get off, you just have to wait until the next crew gets here because the doors are sealed. Uh, next crew could be here in 20 minutes or latest two hours. Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh my God. So I was just like, it's going to take two hours. Like, this is crazy. They got there in like 40 minutes, I think. And people were cheering the moment they stepped on the plane. I was like, you're cheering too soon. I was like, I was like, I was like, I'll believe it when we're in the air. Like, this is <laughs> not real. Like, you know, I've been on over 25 tours in a van, and this was the worst travel day I've ever had. It was insane. And then, yeah, we get to L.A. at, like, 1 in the morning. And, and what, what time did you start your trip? Well, I was up at, like, 7 a.m., uh, and we were at the airport at noon. Wow. So we started the trip. I started the trip, like, right when Abby texted me. It was, like, our flight's canceled again. Wow. And I was at Bagel Station in Red Bank. <laughs> and I think it was either like it was either like nine forty or like ten twenty. Like it was right after ten, I think. Because I remember being like looking at the clock, I'm like, Oh, I gotta go. Like I'm going to California right now. Like this is wild. Like I thought I had the whole day. So um yeah, and then, you know, uh I wanna shed some light on like just the overall experience. Like we didn't even get to it yet, but it was amazing yeah please like, do so you were you were out on tour with fandom planet supporting them in range life yes shout out to range life mike rob matt abby aunt that was awesome that was such an a once in a lifetime experience uh what i i think the big thing i learned was like treat every tour like a tour because immediately after that first day i was like it's fucking tour. I was like, this is insane. You know, like you think flying out to shows is like, like cool. It's not, it's mm -hmm. wild. It's just as wild as being in a van, mm -hmm. you know, for like a month or whatever, um, was not used to that. And then we rented a van out there and we were like kind of roadieing for Phantom Planet because mm -hmm. they were like to give the background to the people. Um, um, Phantom Planet uh, their tour manager, Scott, who actually couldn't be on this run. That's why Ant was helping them out. Um, uh, you know, made the connection between us and them. They dug the band. And when they were coming out for here for a Jason festival, they had like a New York show, a DC show. And I think like another show and Mike and Rob of range life helped them out, uh, at the New York show as well. But we did DC and we basically backlined them and they let us play the show. So it was really cool that, that we like made that connection and, that was just such such an awesome show in the beginning of the summer. And then they like hit us back with this and they were like, kind of like without even saying it, you know, like kind of like repaying the favor and really like give, like extending their hand to us being like, mm -hmm. here's like a really cool opportunity. And they're so cool, so chill, don't give a fuck. Just like the realest dudes. I mean, like they all do just awesome things that are in awesome bands. And so it's like, Talking to them is just like great because it's like you almost like, like the, the the fan in you is like builds it up, and yeah. then you talk to them and they're like, oh, they're like more real than me. They're more real <laughs> than like a like a real person, you know, yeah. like so humble, so cool. Um, yeah, uh, we had a day, off, so we got there, 
and we had the day off and um that was great because we, we felt like we thought we were gonna have two days off to like do some stuff and we had the day off and it was like the whole band was there Ant wasn't there yet uh but the whole band was there um right am i getting that wrong Trying to think about this. Can't call it. No, yeah, no. Aunt wasn't there yet. Aunt came. Aunt came the the first day because we didn't have the van yet. Oh, so okay. we Ubered over to Runyon Canyon, mm-hmm. which was awesome, and we took the West Trail. That's where you guys took those pictures. Those were yeah, nice. That was awesome, and it was it was it was crazy. You know that hike to the top. We were like, does it even loop around? Like, where's where does this side go? It didn't look like it would ever go over there, but it goes all the way over to the other side of the mountain, and Whoa. it was so worth it, so dope. Uh, I wore my, my bandana all day and had a, a sunburn line, and then just an untanned line <laughs> on my head. I was like, oh shit, I look so ridiculous. You got a biker's tan. So the next day when we had the show, uh, I didn't wear the bandana all day. I was like, I need to even out this tan. And it worked. That's how strong the fucking sun is out Respect. there. And uh, anyway, we all went. Uh, Abby Abby and the band uh, did the walk, and it was great. And uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, I wanted to say, like, once I got into an Uber in L.A., like, I felt sick, like, immediately. Like, we had, like, one Uber driver that I think was just, like, a smooth, smooth sailing. You know, the rest were just like, stop, go, stop, go, stop, go. I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, just, like, dying. And then the fumes, the smog. I was like, call me Smoggy. It's <laughs> my new nickname. It's like a Smoggy, but... Um, yeah. So so okay. So how were the shows? Shows were awesome. Um, we played played all places that I had never been to before, mm-hmm. other than San Diego, which was sick because we were because America Part Two was supposed to play Soda Bar, but we got moved to that little little dive bar, mm-hmm. little reggae bar, Till Till Two Club. There you go. Hell yeah! I couldn't. <laughs> I could not. We were right. It's right in that area. Yeah. So, um, generally, um. Shows were awesome. Venice West was cool. Uh, cool venue. Um, super awesome people all around. People were like really receptive, receptive to range life. Like we were like selling shirts and stuff. And it's cool. Sometimes you just have one shirt design and people just like love it, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, it's not like we were selling crazy amounts of shirts. We were probably selling like three to four shirts, mm-hmm. give or take, maybe two shirts a night. Mm-hmm. But we sold out of all of them, which were like, way too many mediums like seven or eight mediums and then like four larges three xl i think that was it and, oh yeah and then a black large black xl nice. so i was like i know these are gonna sell because we have one of each yeah uh black xls always sell yeah hell yeah sold that one like immediately it was <laughs> sick um <laughs> it's my kind of tea dude flava flave came to the show i heard about that what's yeah. up with that so i didn't meet him i didn't see him uh I was also selling merch for the most part of the night. Um, I was just like out in that area. So I, I would like jump in and see parts of like Phantom Planet uh, that night. Like I saw the beginning of their set. I saw bits of the middle. I saw the end. But like I didn't see like – like it must have been in a gap where I was like either walking around outside or like I went back to the merch table or I was watching the band because it was just like nowhere did I see him, mm-hmm. right? But I knew he was there. Like <laughs> – and they were like, he's here, you know? <laughs> but I must have, like, just missed him when he walked by because I definitely would have gotten, like, a photo or some shit. But, yeah. I mean, he was wearing, like, the sick Phantom Planet shirt. And, Damn. Uh, dude, that's, like, public enemy. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, that's so sick. Yeah. He missed Range Life set, though. I'll tell you that. Classic. But it's all good. He missed the opener. <laughs> Busy man. <laughs> he's got he's got places to be, you know? He's got to stay on time. He's got a, got a clock on his yeah. uh, around his neck. Can't yeah. keep time. Yeah, yeah. He's got to stay on time. Uh, dude, that show was cool. Uh, I was blown away by the next day. I think SJC was like my favorite moment of the entire thing. Um, San Juan Capistrano between like Dana Point and San Clemente-ish. I could be getting some of that wrong. But we stopped at Dana Point. Beautiful. The downtown was like clean and beautiful kind of bougie, like surfer bougie. Hmm. But like we just spent time in Studio City, City where there was just poop everywhere. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, 
it was just beautiful. And that view, seeing like basically all of Southern California, like just crazy. Um, and then we made our way down to the venue and I believe we stopped, we either stopped like for like a little, I think we walked past the spots. I think everyone stopped at Starbucks except me. And then I thought we were going to get food in like that part of Dana Point. But I don't think we did. We like made it back to the van and we were like, we'll get food like near the venue. But I knew I was like looking up. I knew that like the food was like like a mile or two up. Mm-hmm. Like it was still SJC, but it was mm-hmm. not in the area of the venue. And the closest thing was in walking distance was the brewery. Mm-hmm. So it's where this all connects, right? Oh, uh, the brewery. The brewery. <laughs> yeah, I, I talked to you the day after, I think, you yes. were there on the phone. You were like, I got a little too sauced a little too early. Yeah, by the time it was 4 p.m., I had four eight ounces right, of like different beers, which I didn't, it does not sound like a lot. Like, but these are brewery beers. Yeah, these are brewery beers. And my brewery does seven ounce for seven ounces. So I was like, oh, I could do that. Like, I'll be nice. And I was nice. Like, I was <laughs> fucking nice. They had them in, like, full pours, you know? So it just looks so much more. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was, like, 2 p.m. Speaking of full pours at 2 p.m., I'm going to grab myself a beer. Go for it. I'm just going to keep going. Go ahead. Um, also, I do have to get down the Long Ranch in a little bit, but we got time. Um Basically, like, the brewery was super chill. That area is very interesting. Like, I didn't know too much of the history until later, but um, one of the dudes at the brewery found out that we were uh, playing at the coach house. He's like, oh, that place is is really cool. Uh, He's like, yeah, my friend that, like, works here or he's here. He said something about, like, his affiliation. He's like, he's been going to shows there forever or something. Or he's in bands, you know, like one of those connections. I forget exactly what he said. He's like, yeah, when he comes back in, I'll, like, introduce you. I'm like, oh, cool. Dude, like, never comes back in, right? Like, I never met the guy. Oh. And we're, we get up to leave, and a hand gets put on my shoulder, and I turn around. It's like an old it – was, it, was, it was an ancient man. <laughs> it was an ancient man with white, long hair. And I was like, this is a cowboy. And he's like, y'all playing up at the coach house? Yeah, man. Like, when you get up there, you got to tell them to bring them on the roof. <laughs> and we're just, like, going off, and I'm just like – Oh, yeah, dude. Like, hell yeah. Just, <laughs> he had so much to say. I was like, I did not expect this guy to just, like, come out of nowhere. I, I like how he came to you, Yeah, too. he came to me. Also, like, the brewery dude was talking about it like it was a dude his age, like, in his 30s or some shit. And literally, like, an ancient man, like, came up to me. Who knows if that was even the dude? He might have even fucking just heard it through the grapevine. <laughs> Could have just been another. a random dude. Yeah. But he was a legit cowboy, and I knew it when I met him, right? So, fucking, uh... We get back to the venue and we walk through the front door and none of us had wristbands yet. And there was like a little group of us and they're like, they looked at us like we had walked through the wrong place, right? Like it was like an office setup. And I I think there was, the place was very interesting. Like the entrance to the venue was a, was different than what I thought. I think we walked in like Will Call or some shit, you know what I mean? Um, and the, and like behind the stage and stuff like that, like the, like the green rooms and stuff, it's like a maze. They, apparently they keep like like lowering floors and raising ceilings and making rooms and stuff it's super nice. weird it's like a literally like a coach house like it's it's uh reminds me of uh like the blues brothers like in that episode like when in that episode when they ha- when they get to the western bar mm-hmm. and it's like people sitting down at like the tables like it was a stage and then along the stage was perpendicular like long like fucking mess hall tables wow you know and um all seated show, like I think like almost like two hundred people. If not, we broke two hundred people. I don't think it sold out. Uh, all the venues were two twenty five. I think mm-hmm. Venice sold out, and then San Diego sold out. Let's go. Um, and uh, so we walk in to Will Call, and the ladies like, oh, we're like, oh, we're with the band, like, like, and the ladies like, where do you want to go? And and Matt's like. Uh, can you take me to the stage? And Abby's like, well, we should go to the green room. And I was like, take us to the to the rooftop. <laughs> we got all like buzzed and shit. And she's like, okay, I'll take you to the rooftop. Hell yeah. And uh, we get up there and it was a beautiful view. And we're like in the middle of like, I guess it's like a little bit of like a valley. You know what I mean? But it's completely surrounded by like mountains. Wow. Right? And it's just so beautiful. It's just so encapsulated. I was like, whoa, this is Southern California. Like this is mm-hmm. beautiful. And... 
uh, throughout the night, like we would go up there and we ran into one of the waitresses. I think she was a waitress, someone that worked there. And she was just, I was like, tell us the history. Like we all hit it off. And she's like, me and my husband have been working here like for so long. And like, uh, it's like a, basically like a family. And like, she's like, the owner is like an 82 year old man. And like all the dudes that like come and hang out here, you'll see all these old guys with long white hair. Like she was the one that was like, they're like all like old, like cowboy type dudes. Like, and you could just see it. They're like weathered and like the white sandy hair. And like, she was like, um, some of the dudes that either like started the place or own it or like all like those dudes, that group, some of them are like, um, like family and like descendants of like the original pioneers that like settled California, like the Irvine family and shit like that. And, Wow. I was like, that makes sense. Like, I got, I felt that, you know? And she was like, yeah, they were all here, like, before there were houses on these mountains, like, on these hills. And you look all around, and it's all houses on the hills. And you could just picture it without it, and you're like, oh, this is, like, the real Wild West town, you know? Like, mm-hmm. and it was on the shore, obviously. It was sandy. It was getting closer to, it was in Orange County, but it was getting close to Southern California. But that is so that was cool. Very beautiful. Watched the sunset on the roof. Played the best show I think Range Life played that night. People like seeing all those people like have that reaction sitting down. Like the one video, I'm like jumping off the drum riser, and like someone got a video, and in front of them, someone's like eating steak, like off their plate. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude. Um, yeah, I want to. I want to know about your week and stuff like that. But I want to. I want to finish up California. Yeah, no, my my week was good, but I, I definitely want to. Uh, want to close the circle on this so um the shows were good shows were good what happened to you because you got kind of sick or something so dude like i said i was working so much before the tour the travel day from hell getting like less than six hours a night of sleep while i'm there thinking that it's like a little bit of a party because it's only four shows in california with phantom planet you know and having anywhere from like a beer to like a couple beers a night and then we played SJC drove back an hour and a half to Studio City next day got up drove two hours to Joshua Tree which was unreal we hit Joshua Tree it was so beautiful and right down the street like three miles away is Pioneer Town which is a 1940s fucking movie set that they built as a legit replica to a wild west town so then those spaghetti westerns would look legit and they had like the film museum right in <laughs> like right in one of the buildings is like the f- the film museum and it's legit like a wild west town and uh yeah we played pappy and harriet's which is like legendary you know wow. uh and that was just beautiful you know just being out in joshua tree and uh that night i had like a couple drinks an old-fashioned in the middle because we went to phantom plants vip where i love my old fashions Hell yeah, dude. So does Fans of Planet. They, like, make them for their fans. They have, like, a little VIP. It's it's just so nice. Like, they just talk one-on-one with their fans and play them, like, their sound check and stuff. And uh, they were, like, filming some stuff for it with, like, the mountains in the background. And there was a little Wild West house that ended up being the Airbnb that we stayed at that night. That's and uh, they just let, let us stay there. Uh, Phantom Planet stayed, like, I think, like, a couple miles away. Um, but that was kind of like their green room for like the whole night. So we were like kind of going back and forth and the show was super intimate. The spot is there. It's there's something so special there. Uh, you got so many photos and basically uh, the whole week kind of felt like a little dehydrated and like, I felt like I was drinking a lot of water, you know? Um, but your body knows, you know? And I woke up the next day um, feeling fine but we had kept the window open and everyone's throat felt a little scratchy just from like the dust and the sand, you know, Mm -hmm. like we were in the desert and, uh, we all didn't have like a great night's sleep in the Airbnb because we kept hearing like scorpions and shit like that. Like we weren't hearing them, but like people, like literally one of the Phantom Planet crew was like, Oh, last time I was there, like I stayed in that, that little room and there was a scorpion in there. Like, and Abby's like freaking out, you know, like we went on like a late night walk and we like heard shit and ants like, let's keep going. And me and Lambert's like, dude, no, like, like I'm too high right now. I need to go home. Um, 
I remember, like, Mike and Ant just kept going, and we, like, went back, and then they started hearing shit, so then they came back, and we were like, yeah, I told you. Like, they didn't believe us. So I'm like, dude, something's following us. Like, it was following us in the bushes on the road. Like, you would hear it, like, rustle, and then it would Whoa. stop, and then it would follow us when we would walk a little bit more. What do you think it was? Like a coyote. Yeah. Or, like, a bobcat or something, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Maybe something even smaller. They're out like, there, yo. They, they'll, eat a, they'll eat a child out there, no problem. Yo, for real. Um, so, basically, woke up the next day, and... Um, Felt kind of fine. Had a morning. Made tea in the morning. Sat on the porch. It was a one of the best mornings I've ever had, actually. And it all hit me after that because the photographer specifically for the Pioneer Town show, there's like a lot of regulations and stuff because of movies being shot there. So they had to have like specific people come for Phantom Planet. They liked us and they wanted to hook us up and do like a promo thing and like talk with us at their coffee shop. That's in rad. Palm Springs. That's rad. So you see Palm Springs in like movies and shit. It's mm-hmm. like the palm trees, the strip, super kind of modernistic, but it's in the desert, mm-hmm. you know? Totally like random. It's like 40 minutes from Joshua Tree. I just like didn't ever expect to be there. And we roll up and I just like, everyone woke, woke up early for it. We didn't need to, like, it was nice that we did it. I'm glad we did it, but like, we didn't like need to do it, you know? And, uh, Started feeling a little groggy then. I remember being in the coffee shop, just being like, just like starting to feel it. And they made awesome coffees for us. I had an iced coffee, but no food in my stomach. Mm -hmm. And I just started drinking it. We're like talking. She's an amazing photographer, uh, Gray. Um, It's Gray, G-R-E, coffee house, I believe. Um, She's an amazing photographer. and she just like took like a couple clips of us and we just like chilled and talked. And then after that, I like went outside and I was like feeling it. And I called Victoria and we were just kind of like stressed about stuff because like we hadn't really like talked a lot in those couple days. Like I was running around doing a bunch of shit. And um, as much as we were having fun, we were also like working. We had to like be very present for like most of the whole show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you try to be anyway, you know, but like we were, we were working, you know? And yeah. And you're also roadieing for the other band. Exactly. Like that, yeah. And, um, uh, we were talking about like her coming to New Jersey, like just coming to visit cause we've been trying to do that on like the regular and we were just kind of like stressing ourselves out. And I was just like, like, she was like, I need, I need to buy a plane ticket today or it's going to go up like $200. And I was just like, I was like, I just need like a moment to think. And as I'm talking about it, like. I felt the stress and like as I'm talking about, I like literally get like was getting sick in that moment. Like I felt it. And then I was like being like, I was like, we got to like talk about this later. I was like, I was like, let's make a decision by the end of the night. Like, let's like, don't worry. Like we'll either get you a flight tonight or we'll plan for you to come a different time. And we got off the phone and I went and got an acai bowl. I took like five bites, got in the driver's seat and I drove down the road and I was like unbelievably nauseous and just like, like almost like passing out. Like I literally was like, I'm about to like shit and throw up at the same time. Like <laughs> this is fucking crazy. And uh, I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, you guys, like I need to pull over like right now. Like I just need to lay down. And they're like, okay, yeah, yeah. And stopped and got like the biggest gallon of water, drank it the whole, drank it in the whole day. You know, it was like enormous, you know, the biggest one you can get. Um, and I literally proceeded to sleep in the van all the way up to sound check. So it was like almost three hours to San Diego. And then the whole time in the parking lot, got the sound check, (laughs) did it, fell asleep again. Wow. Woke up for the set, played the set, felt good. And then by the end of the set, like the set like did me in. But it was crazy. We pulled, we all pulled it back that night. And it was one of our favorite sounding sets. Like, like I think uh, some maybe Coach House was a little bit like more consistent, more close to the actual range life set. But we were like, it was like the vibe. Like it was more of like a dive bar. We we're like, we need to pull it back tonight. Like there was no, like I was chilling. I was like just vibing with it, bare, like not barely moving, but like, like I usually move, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, yeah. And then right after the set, I died and passed out and literally didn't make it for a cent of the phantom planet set wow missed everything whereas every night i i tried to catch as much as i could i didn't catch a full full set uh closest was pioneer town i saw like 90 percent of their set Mm -hmm. i was like this is so special yeah Uh, it's tough to catch the full sets when you're working the whole night it is it is it's yeah 
because then sometimes you just want to sit down. Sometimes you're at merch, like mm-hmm. you're, you're doing shit. So yeah, you gotta take uh, care of yourself at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And basically said our goodbyes. That was the last show. It was the last show, mm. and then we drove straight home. It took us like forever. We made like one wrong turn, and it like added like forty minutes to our fucking thing. It was just like crazy. Because <laughs> California, from what I hear, is like all freeways. Yes. Right. Yes. I don't really know. I've never driven in California. A lot of traffic. But, yeah. A lot of traffic in Southern California. Mainly, mainly like, L.A. Mm-hmm. And, like, L.A. to San Diego. Like, if you catch it at certain True. times. True. Like, we were driving back home, but that was the thing. It was, like, they were, like, all right, an hour 40. Like, we got this shit. Right? And, like, they were, like, they were literally, like, dude, like, 40 minutes ago, it said an hour, and it's still an hour. <laughs> and they were, like, we made one turn to get water. Like, and I don't know. I was, like, kind of sleeping the whole time. Oh, yeah. Then on the way home, I'm in and out of sleep. Get back to you. Uh, so you're like sick as shit at this sick point. Sick as shit. Sick so as shit. How was, I was like fever. I was going to ask, did you ha- or did you feel like weak, feverish, like fluish kind of thing? Yeah. Jesus. Not was- like to the full degree, not like a stomach flu, but mm-hmm. like I had the fever. I was cold. Did you puke? No. Never did. Right. Kept like trying to go to the bathroom and that sort of stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, how was this the set? Did you were you feeling it during the set? Were you like lightheaded? Were you feeling like your head was like a thousand pounds? No, I actually felt like pretty okay for the set. I mean, it's like right when you start to do it, and it was right. good. It was like a little bit of like light exercise for me, right? And also, I had slept the entirety of the day. True. So I was like, I had a little bit of juice, but um, by the end, I was like, I was definitely gassed. I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, ooh, I feel sick after. I was like, I feel like I gotta go lay down, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, and. It was great getting back to Scooter and Kev's, like staying at Scott and Kev's was just a godsend because they're on tour and Scooter would have been with us, but he was doing Jake, they're both doing Jake Miller. So um, they just let us stay at the apartment for like the whole week Um, and got home, slept and Ant was trying to do some stuff like the last day we were there. uh, They had to drop off the van and they had to drop off equipment to Alex's house which I'm really sad I didn't go because I would have loved to hang out, you know, because they took like a little walk. It's all like, like, there's Jared Leto's house. And he was like apparently going on like some like some little like Jared Leto things. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, they're like the sweetest dudes. It's just like, it's interesting. Like uh, I didn't get to talk to like everyone like, like, like so personally all the time. Like I had some really good conversations with Darren. I felt Uh, same with Sam, Mm -hmm. you know, saying what's up to everyone. Um, but, uh, yeah, I had to tap out the last day because our flight was that night, too. And everyone's like, okay, we're going to the airport for, like, to be there at, like, 6, 6.30. And we got to hop in another Uber. And then we're in L.A. traffic to, to the airport. And I started feeling sick again after that. So I was like, I'm glad I stayed home the whole day. Like, I ate food for, like, the first time. I think I had, like, the day I got sick, I had, like, uh, five bites of acai and like some little nibbles of grilled chicken and pita and rice. And then like someone threw out my food cause I left it on top of the van and someone threw it out. But, but I was like, I can't even eat this shit anyway. Like I had no appetite, but then the next day I was like, I need to eat something. Like it was coming mm-hmm. back to me. Like I had to force it at first, mm-hmm. uh, bought like a ham and cheese croissant from, a, from this crazy French bakery, the chain one, but I still love crazy. Good, I love a good croissant. It was so good. Um, I took a couple bites and I was like, oh, and then like, in like a half an hour later, I was like, your, my body was like, you're hungry. I was like, hell yeah. So I ate that shit and then ordered some, uh, some wonton soup and then, and then took a flight home and there was no, no issues on the flight home. Thank goodness. Um, except that like I was recovering from being ill and that like we did drive uh, fly home through a tropical storm, like in New Jersey. So, Dude, yeah. so there was like turbulence for like the last like 45 minutes like an hour or so that i was just like <laughs> just like <laughs> just trying to get as much oxygen to my brain as possible because i was like <sighs> just like feeling like i'm gonna die but uh yeah uh overall it was great you know there's always ups and downs of tours like you know people getting cranky people getting hangry that mm-hmm. sort of thing it's like we all make a decision and then someone's like no, I want to go do this. And we're like, ugh. <laughs> so we just took fucking all this time to figure out that, you know, which is just a tour dynamic. Like, we don't really tour with range. That's life, the so. thing. Like, tour dynamics are different in every 
every every different like person is a different variable in the tour dynamic so like even if you're with your same band but you add another person who you haven't been with or they're just like super different the dynamic changes completely yeah. you can go from three to four people different dynamic four to five people six people totally different dynamic yeah and you guys were six deep right six deep yeah i felt like i think uh one of the things that threw me out of my 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 zone and my focus was like not like feeling not in control of a lot of things right because with ap2 it's like you're spearheading a lot of stuff yeah we all are right we it's, have to it's, it's very concentrated <laughs> yeah all three of us yeah yeah and we only tour ever with a like a fourth person right you know there's never i've ap2 unless we're sharing a van with another band or something like mm -hmm. there's never been more than one person to come with us so. yeah yeah so we're all hands on deck whereas like i think in range life like like everyone wants like a piece of that but then like there's times where people don't want a piece of that and it's like Yo. but also it's like mike's project primarily so it's like what role does everyone have on the road it might be different mm -hmm. and even speaking to that we're in a new like we're about to write the new record together that's cool and we're about to figure out like what that is you know mm -hmm. like are these still just mike songs and are we going to perform on them or are these our songs and we're performing on them and writing them right uh we're trying to figure out that dynamic i think like just like subconsciously mm -hmm. uh but this was good because um this was a really good opportunity for us at the beginning of like our career as like a band like wherever mike wants to take this we all want to take this like it's just a blessing that we had this you know because yeah. i think uh everyone's on the same page that we want to do like uh like this record together but we have to like figure out like what that is because like you said like there's like certain like responsibilities that come to being in a band and mm -hmm. and like right now like i mean everyone knows how like busy like our schedules are i mean everyone's schedule is fucking busy but like fitting range life as like a full-time thing into my into my schedule is just like not a possibility right now like it definitely is like you know like it's it has to be more uh, focused on like Mike's vision because it is mm -hmm. one Mike's vision and he's bringing us into it so mm -hmm. um, like it feels not rushed at all like it feels like it's taking its time and that's good like I feel like the craziest thing we've ever done was the California tour as mm -hmm. you know that was the craziest thing Range Life has ever done so uh, it's definitely like crazy but uh it definitely sounds like a good like initiation into the whatever the next phase is mm -hmm. for range life you know going through experiences like that with each other everyone gets to see each other's like true colors not that you're not already fucking homies i mean we're talking about the fucking homies here we've known a lot of these kids since we were like 16 years old but like it you know when you tour with people it it really brings you closer or further you just learn about each other more you know and um i'm sure like whatever the next record is going to be is going to be influenced by experiences like the California trip and the Phantom Planet shows in general, you know, going into LP2. Yeah. LP2, that's exciting. That's exciting. The couple songs that, like, Mike brought to the table are really cool. Mm -hmm. Really, really big fan of this one. And uh, I said, I was like, yo, this reminds me of Matthew Starr. He's like, dude, the legit influence to this is Matthew Starr. <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt that, you know? And, uh, so that's cool. Like, I, I want to do more stuff like that because, like, like Range Life can be a rock band without being a high energy rock band. Of course, like, yeah. Like we could be that, like, Neil Young, like, pull it back, pull it all the way back, slow it all the way down, you know, yeah. like the band, like, yeah. like, really pull it back. It's like, yeah. I don't get to do that with much things. So, like, yeah. when I look at it like that, I'm like, oh, this is such a beautiful blossoming thing. Like, I want to be a part of it, mm -hmm. you know? And the cool thing is, is like, like, for example, the California trip was the most extreme thing that Range Life has done. Um, pr the hardest thing, you know, I mean, Mike even said, he's like, this is harder to book than just like booking shit with a van, you know, like, like we had, we had to also do that on, on top of all of the flight stuff. So, um, like, uh, it does push you. Cause I definitely like, there were moments where I was like, you know, like have those extreme moments of like happiness. And then like, I was definitely like really sad out there. Cause like, 
I just wanted to be with Victoria. Mm. And I just like wanted to be like with you guys too. And like our music was dropping. It's not that like I felt like it was impeding on anything. It was just like, wow, a week out here is a week out here. Like that's legit. Like Abby said it best. She's like, this feels like this is like the slowest week of my life and the fastest week of my life at the same time. That's tour. I yeah. feel like in a nutshell right there, like, you know, you're, you're going out for X amount of weeks and like so much is packed into each one of those days that it flies by. But also each one of those moments is so dense with life lived to the fullest that when you're in it, it does feel long as fuck. And I fucking feel that dude. Well said. And not only that, but I also, I just want to echo what you said about not being there for the drop. Like, when we dropped outside, I was in Maine in fucking Acadia National Park with Kim and Neo. And there was Outside Dropping, which was like one of my more heavily written songs on the record and one of my favorite songs. And it's about being out in nature and like the simple shit simple childlike fucking enjoyment you know and i wasn't able to be there for it because i was actually fucking outside <laughs> that's how it goes though that that's the how it goes. beautiful irony of life it's fucking ridiculous i think and by the way you killed it on the drop yo so did you dude power pound oh yeah i think sometimes when you're like growing up right especially like when you're starting a band for the first time like like, for people who don't know, like, me and Alex have basically been in the same band since we were fucking 12. So, like, uh, you know, it's been a long time since we've, like, just, like, like imagine just, like, starting a new project tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, me and, me and Victoria are kind of doing it. Like, we wrote our first song That's that awesome. we actually really like. Really? Because we've been writing, like, songs together and, like, figuring out, like, what that is. Yeah. And be like, we're gonna write a song, and then write something. We're like, and we'll like voice memo and like never go back to it, you know, yeah. like the classic thing. But like, I'm just vibing with what she wants to vibe with, and she was like, I want a song in this key, and I was just like, and I just like went to the part, and I just like, it just like came out of me, and the melody came out of me, and I was like, this is great. This is like our first song, wow. like, and we both like are so into it because uh, we can work on it a lot now. Um, but it felt like. So like there's nothing. There's nothing. No pass, no bad. There's nothing. Ground zero is crazy. And um I think uh what I was trying to get to was um when you're young and you're starting a band and you start from ground zero, it's like everything you do is like the biggest thing ever. Yeah. Like that's where we like I think us like being like oh well I wasn't there for outside because I was outside like part of that like the missing out on that is also like shows how deeply invested and how much like we care about just being there for the release or something like people who work businesses like they're just doing shit you know like things are happening in the business like they're not there for every moment I feel like we try and be very present for like every moment of this band yeah and that's like it's uh it's it's a blessing and it's beautiful, but it's also hard because it then is. it's like sometimes we get a little little too deep into it, and then it's like we kind of like we'll either like hyperfixate on something and like like because you don't want to miss the important moments, like you don't want to miss like posting something important, right? Mm -hmm. But then it's like then like either I'll overthink it, and then like the next thing you know, a reel doesn't get posted for like a week or right. some shit, and then right? You're like, you hold oh, yourself shit. up, yeah. You're like we don't have anything to post. It's like, dude, we have so much to post. We you have know? so we have much photos, videos. Like we haven't even started posting uh, like live videos. We have yet. so much. I was yeah. actually one. I was working on one today. That's what I was working on Hell when yeah. I took an extra hour to get here. It's finished, nice. by the way. I'm sure I'll show you Hell after yeah. this. Let's but um, yeah, I missing stuff. I ha I feel like I almost have like a weird um FOMO that I built up from when I was younger because I remember being like 15 and like we had our first couple bands and like I remember I went to Greece for like 6 weeks with my family I and I felt that like was I missed crazy. I felt like I missed so much. And like when you're when you're 15 like Six weeks is a long time in a, a whole summer vacation. That's like more than half of a summer vacation. So like that's like a whole era of like friendship that like you're not there for. And 
in retrospect, like it's all good. I don't give a fuck. But like at the time, like I was like, wow, like I never want to miss that much with like the band ever again. You know, it's weird how you hold on to those things. And I'm just realizing now that we're talking about it, I like for some reason that memory came to mind. Wow. And I remember missing Warp Tour. I remember missing so much oh, shit. That was that was the only reason why you missed Warp Tour. 2010. That year. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, 2010. Wow. Yeah, and it was in Oceanport, literally yeah. across the street from where I grew up. So it was like, it just felt so like twisted. And of course, I was 15, so I had no control, yeah. right? I was yeah. with my family. But like, um, yeah, it's those kinds of things that like teach you what you will and won't sacrifice for when you're an adult, when you have the choice of like, will I spend my time here? Will I spend my time there? You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And like some things weigh more than others, but yeah, I, that distinctly weighs in my mind. Like I remember that time, like, I, you know, I remember like, I think we like, uh, Uvud on the computer. <laughs> oh, yeah, Uvu. Yeah. No one knows what that is anymore. It was like a it was like a Zoom before Zoom. <laughs> was, Uvu was Zoom for children. So, yeah. So we like tra- chat rouletted uh like once. And you were like with your friend or something. And like I remember I remember like it definitely felt like a long time for sure. But I remember like when you came back, like Alex literally brought dubstep to Monmouth County. Like I'm not even kidding. <laughs> this kid had a rave in his basement in eighth grade before Skrillex existed. And I mean, Euro, you know, they're already on it. You know, (laughs) like they're on it for a long time, long ass time. I mean, there was definitely like, like generations before us that were on it for sure. Or things like house music Mm -hmm. and techno and stuff like that. But like the wave of like Datsik and Excision mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Like I'm not kidding. Alex brought like a YouTube playlist. <laughs> <I did. laughs> like all your liked videos. I, I literally <laughs> remember that. Like I was like, I'm going to throw a party in my house with just this music. Everyone needs to hear this. And like I invited everyone Crazy. to my basement and yeah. just turned out all the lights and bought a, a strobe light. I didn't know shit about epilepsy back then. I probably gave someone epilepsy <laughs> from that experience and just like blasted the strobe light for like four hours in my basement of just like all the dubstep that I learned about in Europe and just fucking everyone just went wild. Dude, yeah, that was formative. That was straight up <laughs> legendary. Like people throw around the word legendary, but that's actually legendary. And then not like maybe two years later, every single person in our school was like fucking with Skrillex and shit. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, and I, I got to thank Stas for that. Lorca, Stas, hooking me up with the good taste. Yep. Fucking. And also another thing was like, I feel like you went out there and had all this experience because then you were telling me like your stories and stuff like that and your friends that you had met and like, yo, I met this friend from Germany and like this guy from Switzerland. And I was like, that's so sick. Like, that's so cool. Because I, I still haven't had like experiences in Europe like that. I, I've yet to travel. I mean, I've probably hit like, 45 states or some shit yeah. maybe even more but you know like i'm trying to get out there as soon as possible you know yeah um, it's 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 you know it's its own thing you know traveling europe is completely different than traveling the united states they both have their own beauties and pros and cons and differences and this and that um but it's funny because i sent you a clip of a podcast yesterday don't know if you listened to it it's okay if you didn't i didn't get to it yet all good but they talk about like these are guys who are probably like 10, 15 years older than us. And they talk about like taking breaks and like mm. how important that is because you burn out. And we've all experienced burnout. You know, we know what that's like. We were just talking about stuff like that. And um, they're talking about how like at a certain point you you can ride the horse until it all fucking falls off, you know. And that's fine if you can get back up. But you also don't have to ride the horse until you it all fucking falls off. You can choose to like take a break here or there, and that keeps you going, gives you the juice that you need to just keep on doing what you love and do what you need to do, wow. which is really powerful shit. And that brings me back to like those breaks and stuff like that, like taking those six weeks when I was a teenager with my family, like informed me and gave me experiences about myself and like my world that I would never have gotten otherwise if I had stayed. So like 
at a certain point, I've made peace with anything that I've missed with the band or with whatever my life experience is mm. because it all plays in. And that's why I'm able to give 110% when I need to. Because if you if you choose to take your break and you do it at a time where you're not fucking losing everything, then I'd say fucking go on, you know? Now, if you dip out at like a pivotal time that you shouldn't be, that's a different story. And I've also done that. Yeah. Because I like to travel. I like to travel. And I've, I did that when I went to Costa Rica also. I was gone for when we dropped I Don't Wanna. Do you remember that? When we re-dropped I Don't Wanna with Revival? Don't remember that. It I was mean, crazy. I, I know it happened. I remember it happening, but... You you ended up posting it. Mind blur. You ended up posting it. It was when we, when we posted the barn video. We're digging deep now. Barn video. But, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember Matt like kind of gave me like a talking to. Like He wasn't obviously pissed. Like well, who, He's not mad, but he was just like, why would you not be here for that? And I was like... You're totally fucking right. I was chasing a girl or something. Like it wasn't even important. Like it was important at the time, but it now that was a good thing on the other side. And so, like the only way to find the boundaries is to fucking cross them, right? Yeah. And those are lessons that helped me learn, like the balance of like when and where to die for it, and when and where to take your foot off the pedal. Yeah. I think it's really important to find. It takes time. Yeah, for sure. That's so that's that's so beautiful, dude. Fucking I'm feeling that right now because I've been trying to find this balance between my two jobs because I was working at Rook and not making enough because cost of living is crazy right now, obviously. Um, and now I picked up the brewery and when I had first like talked to them, I was like, Yeah, these are like kinda like the hours I'm thinking and they're like, Cool. And then just like hit me with totally different hours, you know, like immediately. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, this is how this place operates. Like at least maybe like I can approach my other job and be like set like a, like a stricter schedule and be like, cause I'm only going on a couple of days anyway a week. So it's like, okay, what if I just like keep that many days, but say like only these days, right? It's still too much because it's just like, now it's like just like certain things like are just like not matching up because like one's a nighttime job, one's a morning job. So it's like I had to open today and be up at 4.45 and uh, I closed yesterday and luckily I got out early and it was a weekday. So I got out at like eight, but I got home and then I had to wind down and I w wasn't asleep until like almost like close to like 11 or something. I mean, I don't even remember, but I might have even passed out kind of even earlier, but point being uh, like I couldn't get up like this morning and I was like a little late to like opening like I should be there like 10 minutes earlier and it's not that big of a deal because I was there to have the doors open and stuff like that but you know that's why they give you that's why they tell you to be at Rook at 545 and not 6 you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but yeah I'm feeling that right now and I'm trying to find it there's just like so many like loose ends small loose ends I'm trying to figure out like my van is just like being fucking crazy I don't, I don't so, want to interrupt you, but speaking of loose ends, do you need to get out of here? I do. All right, I'm going to let you go. Cool. All um, right, uh, thanks for tuning in. This has been America Pod 2. It's your boy, Monk Punk, Alex Fabio. Yo, it's Freddie. Talk to you later. Peace. Peace.